0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is a Yurzeit-Shir with Yuli Nishmas, uh, Mayor of uh, Mayor Ben-Zion ben And I want to explore uh, an area that most people think they understand what it means, but it seems to be vague and not that easy to capture completely. And that is the concept of sheila Sholem. Uh, we know that the term comes up often in halacha. Uh, and what does it actually mean, though? The word literally means to inquire as to the well-being of the shalom of the of the totality and the wholeness of a, of another person. To be sheila halacha that in ovil, is also There is uh, it's it's a braisa on the Fhafala from in Maid Khatan. And it's also a statement that the Gemara makes a number of pages earlier. So if we take a look at the b'risa, first from the on the top line, Tanaraban, Avail Gimu Yomim Rishonim. as you can see here, Shalom. So it's a b'risa. The first three days, the Ovil is in the state of Isr of Sheler Shalom. Mishlo Shiva, from three days into the seventh day of the Shiva, Meshiv He'll respond to someone, but he does not inquire. Mekan shoel Meshiv Kedarkoi. From seven on, he seems to be, like as he is normally. That's a uh, the first brisa. The Gemara uh, quotes a second brisa on the same page, where the Gemara is uh avil betoch yud beis chodesh Show So, on one hand, the brisa says the first brisa says that after seven days, an avil can reach out to someone else, can be whatever shoel means, he's able to engage that person. There's another brisa though, that says that for a year, if you were an oval for your parent, you are not allowed to be shoel, the shoel of the oval. The Gemara quotes the Amora, Ravidi Edi Barabin, as saying, that who showel b'shul macherim, shacherim shruyin b'shulam, acherim ain't shown b'shulmo, Shu ain't no shori b'shulam. Meaning that even though when avil starts, the iser, the locus of the iser, is on the avil himself. To the point, the brisa makes clear. That even if someone doesn't realize that he's an Ovil, somehow he's out in the street, there's something going on, the the person who who wandered into the house doesn't understand that someone has died, the Ovil is able to, in a way, um, uh, ignore the common courtesy when people make mistakes and ask you how you are, and just say, I'm sorry, I can't answer you, I'm an Ovil. And that's what he says the first three days he is ushered to engage that other person. And even though the person has put him in a situation where his dignity is at stake and the person is going to feel uh, as if he's been swatted down, as if he's, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it. You need to tell him, I can't answer you. I'm an Oville. And you, you don't necessarily say it in, in sharp tones. However, from day three to day seven, you are mesheaf. You do answer. How do you answer? You answer if someone makes that mistake. If someone makes the mistake and that doesn't realize you're in Oville, you give him the common human decency and courtesy to respond to his friendly in- inquiry of yourself.. From day seven on, you can be proactive. So the Easter of Shewa Sholem, where it starts with the Ovel himself needing to guard those first three days to the point that it, there's no penetration possible. After day seven, the Brisa uses the word meshiv Kedarko and Shoel kidarko, which means he can be his usual friendly, engaging self. The other Bryce says, though, people cannot ask him how he is, or whatever Shayla Shalom means. And that continues for a person who's lost his parent for a whole year. How do we explain this? So Idi Baravin says that he is out of the intents of Elus. He can search out others in a way, inquire of their well being completely but others cannot do to him that ah why because although he doesn't know all their details and some of the answers might be perfunctory one thing he knows is they have not incurred what he has happened to him they have not experienced death of a close relative of a parent and therefore although there might be some interesting details there might be some hitches. There might be things that perhaps, as a friend, he could give good advice for. There might be a plumber that he knows about. There might be a mechanic that he can advise. There might be a road through the mountains that he's familiar with. There might be a school that he can, he can suggest. However, the other person cannot do that to him because he's a no-shori b'shalom. So now the locus of the Isir is the other people, is everyone else. Everyone else has a chiyuv not to be sho'il b'sholem of an ovel for a year. They have no right to ask that question. Hmm. What is the nature of that? Why can't they? If you think about it, maybe people who are avelim need it more than others. Yes, Edi Baravin is right. There's a certain um, vacuum at the heart of his life. There's an emptiness. There's death that he has not recovered from. And he is not whole. Someone who guides their parent through death. Someone who fights off the Malach Someone who, with a chess match, to try to be able to to win and allow for the loved one to live and and has lost, has been through the ringer, an emotional, physical ringer. And it takes a while to recover. And yes, Chazal were correct. For a parent, no matter how they go, whether it's a coronary that shocks them, or a slow, painful cancer or other death, they are not the person is not Beshalom. But yet, perhaps an inquiry of how are you doing, how are things, maybe that's what that person needs. Should we remain strangers to people who are Aveilan? People who have lost their parents for a year, the ones who come in to say Kaddish, the ones who come to take the omud. We smile at them. We show them support. And yet, we are not supposed to be Shoyo b'shomov. What is, what is the nature of this halacha? And how does it transfer from the ovel himself to the people around him? And clearly, the source, what would be the source of it? Is it is it the same hanhoga? This isser of Ovel Gimwe Rishonim Aser Besheila Shalom is an Isser on the Ovel, not on the others. A statement from the Gemara that also fleshes out the Isser of Sheila Shalom. And it's not a Brysa, it's a statement of Amaroyim in the Gemara. It therefore has, I believe, less of a provenance, but its source is fascinating. It starts on Daf Yudalud in the parak of Ma'ir Cotton called Eilu Magalchen. The Gemara engages in a in a in a in a two blot discussion, comparing three types of people who are marginal: an Avil, a person who has been put in, uh, in something called Nidui, or an excommunicated state, a Menuda. And someone who it has erupted on his body, Saras, a mitzora. It's interesting the way the Talmud begins the investigation. On Yudawunamibes, and you can see it here, the Gemara, it's not a statement of a Brisa. The Gemara just starts talking. The Gemara says that Hmm. We know an Ovel, whether he became an Ovel before the holiday or during the holiday, does not take in mourners. He does not, in an outward way, indicate that he's Ba'avellus during that yontif. And the Pasuk Vesemachta Bechagecha proves that. The Gemara then goes to inquire, what about... A person who is put in chayrim or a person in nidui, a minudah and a mitzora, and the gemara has a discussion about it. And the gemara proves one and doesn't prove the other. As the gemara continues on the bottom of the page, the gemara then goes to other dinim where ovel can be the starting point, and we can wonder about. Metzorah and Menuda, Moses. The Gemara then goes to discuss grooming, the grooming of hair, the grooming of hair and beard. An Avil can't, and we know that because of what it's, what the B'nai Aaron were told after Nod of Avihu died. They had lost a brother, they had lost a son, and they were told, Roshacham al-Tifra'u. From there, we can understand that it was already standard behavior for others to let their hair grow unkempt, to not be attentive to what we would call the normal uh, haberdashery or grooming. After the Gemara deals with, so we talk about having a Yom Tov holiday, grooming and shaving and haircut, the Gemara then says, and again, it's not a brisa. Ovel chayev batifas harosh. Okay, batifas harosh is something that means that there is a hat, there is a poncho, there is a combination hat poncho that wraps around the ovel's head, and not only encircles his ears and the back of his, uh, his by his temples, but also, actually goes over his forehead and goes down to his mouth. He walks around with a cowl that you can't see his face. He can stare down and look in front of him, but he needs to wear this cowl. His face has to be wrapped. How do we know that? Now this is a minah that we do not, we no longer practice. Avelim, you come to a shiva house, you don't see the avel wrapped in a cowl, where you don't even see his, uh, you don't see his eyes, and you could, and, and 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 it and it comes down to his mouth. That's called atifas harosh. Where do we where do we see that this is the way avelim dressed? Midikomer le'achmono <speaking> li'acheskel <in Hebrew> velos sa'ater al safam de kuli Now this is where it's fascinating. Yecheskel was told, "Do not wear the poncho-like mask, going all cowl all over your head." That sounds like everybody else would have to. What's going on with Yecheskel? that we now imply the opposite for everyone else. On the same page, the Gemara speaks about, after it deals with Minuda and Mitzora, the Gemara speaks about wearing tefillin. And the Gemara again says, from the fact that Yechesco was told, wear your pair, wear that glorious thing wrapped on your head, which we understand to be tefillin, that means others should not, other Aveyum, should not be wearing Tillin. The Gemara then deals with what about a and a Menuda? Then the Gemara deals with our topic for tonight, sheila shalom. Once again, the Gemara, not a brysa, turns to the Pesach in Yechesko. And what's interesting is it's the very same Pasek. But it quotes a different part of the Pasek, the very first words of the Pasek. "He'anek dom. Somehow those words, Heyanek dom, based on the art text that we have, seems to prove that an Ovel cannot be engaged. And as we saw from the Brisa, for basically uh, seven days, Because of Hayanak Dom, Hayanik Dom. Something about Yechesco. After the Gemara deals with Shewa Shalom by the other two, then are start to learn Torah. And the Gemara quotes the same pasuk Midikamari Dom. Now this is the text that we have in Moed Katun. I am not sure if all the Rishonim have the same text. From the text in front of us, it sounds like the first time we quote two words, Heonaik Dome, and that Osiris sheva Shalom. And here we only quote the second word, Dome, and that Osiris Divre Torah. Many of you are probably remembering that on Tisha B'Av. The reason why we don't learn Torah is because the pasuk says, Pekudi Hashem Yisharim The Torah gives simcha. We don't quote any pasuk in Yecheskel. That's not quoted in Moed Kot. Here it says that an Ovil doesn't learn Torah. He's also because of the word dom. Dom is similar to the word Vayidom Aaron in Parshat Shemini, which means complete Silence, quiet, restraint, resisting saying things. What does that mean? That Yechezkel did do it, so that means we shouldn't. Yechezkel did not do it, that means we should. And how from the word hainik do you see that an ovel cannot engage in inquiring of others? And how do you see that an Ovel is Osr in Talmud Torah? Well, I think it's important to always see your sources. So let's take a look at the Pesukim in go. Yechesco Yechesco receives a very important Nevuah in the very beginning of that parak. That was the Nevuah that on the 10th of Tevis, the siege would begin and there would be no going back. It would last a few years, but it would eventually end with the destruction of Beis HaMikdosh, and God is not going to give them another chance anymore. That is the first um, 14 verses of chapter 24. In verse 15, a second prophecy happens to Yechezka. The second section, is a very devastating one. God spoke to Yechesco and said, Ben I'm about to take from you something that you love dearly. Your wife. But there will be no time for eulogies. There will be no time for crying. There will be no tears, obvious. Sometimes you can have, cry without tears. None of that will happen. You're going to lose someone who normally you would be sitting shiva for, as we say. But here, hey, anek. And then you see the psik here on the dome. Hey, anek, dome. Matim Avel, pain and mourning for dead lotasa, you're not going to do. You're going to keep your glory on you, your tefillin, as the Gemara says. Nalecha you're going to be wearing the comfortable shoes that you need to wear, those leather shoes. The lotate al-Safam, you're not going to have that cowl draped down your forehead, down to your mouth. And lechem anoshim lo You're not going to be given meals by your neighbors. What is the reason behind all of that? We'll find out. And I told the people, I told them it was going to happen. And in the morning, I told them, it, I told the people in the morning. And by that evening, my wife had died. And the next morning, I did exactly like I was commanded. We buried her, but I acted the way God had instructed me. And the people knew me as someone important, and they asked me, what's going on with you? Why are you wearing shoes? Why aren't you wearing the typical ovel clothes? I said, this was God's word to me. Remember, I said it was going to happen, and it did, and God told me. And this is what he meant to say. I'm taking away what's precious for you. You know Yerushalayim is full of hypocrites, political murderers. Okay. But you believe there's still something super important at its heart. There's the Beis HaMikdosh, which you've allowed to function despite the hypocrisy in your actions in other ways. Your Beis HaMikdosh has not been defiled, you believe. And you believe it's going to save you. No. I'm going to take... The life energy out of that base hamikdash, this that you are relying on, that's your machmadai nechem as a people. This is what you you reserve the better part of yourself for that base hamikdash. And there's another thing that you believe is pure: your children, your small young children, that you believe are untainted and not affected by the aggressive and negative lifestyle you leave. And you believe those are holy things that stand as a means to stave off destruction. No. Yecheskel says, you're going to be like me. You're going to lose the of Amikdosh. And when you lose the of Amikdosh, there's going to be in this siege. There's going to be in the street killings. And small children are going to die. Your little sons and daughters will die. Perhaps your wives and your parents will die. And you will not sit Shiva for them. You're not going to have the, to wear the Shiva outfit. There isn't going to be Sudas Havra that's going to go on. You're not going to be, oh, I can't wear Tefillin. You're going to keep your Tefillin on. You're going to have your shoes on there's not going to be any eulogies there won't be tears and what's going to happen instead is you're going to find yourself rotting away from your sins that have attached themselves to you and you're going to ye- you're going to yell in a way like you know hey you're going to roar in frustration, to your brother. And look at me, Yechezkel said. Just everything I did, you are going to do. And you'll know, God says, you'll know that I am God. So basically, we see that Yechezkel was supposed to be a symbol a symbol of what was going to happen. And therefore, the same way Yechezkel in that one day or one week was not sitting Shiva, he, the great prophet, was a symbol of what would happen to all of them. They would all, in a way, be overwhelmed and not be able to even have that period of strangeness that will allow them to eventually blend back into normalcy. So now we understand what the Gemara is saying. The Gemara is saying, well, if Yechezkel didn't wear the poncho cowl, I guess everybody else does. Yechezkel didn't have sudas havarah, everybody else does. However, two of the things... The Gemara does not say, well, if Yecheskel didn't do it or did do it, we should do it. And that is Sheila Shalom and learning Torah. And that somehow came from this Posek, Heyanek Dome. What was printed on the side of the Gemara in Cotton, is really not Rashi. Um, we're not sure who it is, um, but we know from the various quotes of. Rashi that we find in other places and manuscripts that we found that the Rashi Moi Cotton, and, and, and some of it is in actually the, the, the Rashi that was appended to the Rif, and it was printed in totality by Ephraim Kupar in 1961 and it has been uh, in, in many of the upgraded editions of the Gemara you can find the Rashi Moi Cotton in small letters on the side I want to read to you a couple of statements that Rashi makes referring to this idea of Yecheskel. Rashi says, You won't act like a, a person who is sitting Shiva who acts in Avelus. Why? It's a remes to the Jews. And do you know why they won't? So Rashi says, There's going to be so many. It's one thing when you're dealing with the death of one person, the death of a parent, and years later, the death of another parent. It's another thing when, in the space of a few weeks or a few months, You have slaughter happening everywhere. You can't gain your balance. And you can't even find the time or the mental ability to do it because it's supposed to be an aberration. And now it's become standard. There's so many who are dying. Then Rashi adds another as we say in Yiddish, another K'neich. And what is that? And because of what was unleashed in that siege of the Assyrians and Babylonians, the type of pressure in life, even survival was considered a punishment. In other words, Avelis usually means I am so we I'm so sad and our life has been so diminished by this person not being part of it. That's what the Avel feels. My life's not the same without him. Life was so much better with that person. No. When your life is terrible, when it was terrible when the person was still alive because life was horrible, because you didn't know when you were going to live or not, because the decrees, the brutality, it's better to be dead than alive. And therefore, I'm not sad that he's dead. He's better off. So one thing is, there can't be avelus if death is the norm. And that's why Yechesco cannot be sitting Shiva. The other reason why Yechesco is a sign is because if it's better to be alive, it's better to be dead than alive. So I'm not an Avel. An Avel essentially is about my life is, I, I can't believe I can't go on without this person. No, I'm happy that person's dead. I wish I was dead. There can't be avelis if that's your mindset. And that was the mindset of the Jewish people at the time. That's what Rashi says here. Incredible. Now, hey on dome. So Rashi says what it means. Let's look at the Rashi. Rashi in the Gemara come so, the way I understand this, Rashi, the fact that heyaneik is part of it, not just the word dome. Heyaneik means a a deep-rooted cry of pain. The heyaneik. That is that is a, a synonym, to being in the pain of an ovel. Where is your anek? Where is your anak? Where is your cry? Where is your cry of pain? It exi- I mean, where's your avelus? Hey, anek. The way Rashi is learning it is, you know what, Yecheskel, you do have a little bit of avelus the little aveus you have is Dome Aveus. That's the little Avelis that you do. So if, according to this, according to this Rashi, the way we're going to interpret the Pasuk now in Yechezkel is the following. Hey, Aneik! The Avelis you have is only in the word dome. Whatever's included in dome, which means silence, which, according to the Gemara, would mean the silence of not engaging another human being in discovering how they are, and also the interaction of learning. Talmud is also built on talking to another person. That is where your avelus is. Dome. But then, maisim evel lo But other stuff, you will have to be an of, You will not be an Ovel for. So in two ways, you're going to be an Ovel, but in all these other ways, you won't. Now, Tosfos wonders, it's weird, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Why is Yechesko an oval in two things and not an oval in the others? So says, well, not everybody knows that his wife has died. Not everybody got the news. Not like everyone reads his Twitter page. So therefore, Yechesko has to have some part of Avelus. And therefore, it's like strange. Hey, aren't you an Ovil? Because I see you're not talking. I see you're not teaching Torah the way you usually do. Uh, so and that's one thing. But yeah, but, but so something must have happened to you. But on the other hand, you're wearing shoes and, and, and you're eating your own food and nobody brought you food or anything. What's going on? Oh, 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 you're, oh, I get it. So in other words, unless he has the, at least on some base level, he's an Ovel, at least we, we see he's an Ovel. Now we understand that he's not a complete Ovel. That's what Tosav says. And therefore, according to the Tosfos, what we're going to learn out is that Yechezkel was the person who 70% of what matters as avelus, was what he was told not to follow, but 20% of the base aspect he was supposed to keep. So that proves that we, who are going, we're going to practice 100%, we're for sure going to practice the 20% baseline of Yechezkel. And what are those 20% baselines? Hey, anegdom. And that's why an Ovel is Lashalam, and Osir in Rav Salvechik was famously Paskind, based on this Gemara, that there should be no learning going on in the house of an Ovel. We know that many, many homes of the Ovel, there's learning and um there's there, there's learning in between Minchemarev, they were in Here in Elizabeth, they even goes so far to have the Avil sit in on the learning. Rav Savechek says, Hey, onigdom, dome means nothing. In the base of Ovil, there's no Torah. Hey, dom. Now, Rav Um. Michel Tikkachinski in his Sefer Gesher Rachaim has sort of a in-between opinion where he says the Avel should go into a different room. The learning is okay, it's a sluz for the Nishama, but the Avel is, is 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 bound by this idea no speaking, no talking and learning. Therefore, uh Rav Savetchuk also said, based on Rishonim, that the even though by Tishabov there is a whole um, amount of exceptions of things you're allowed to learn, things that are make you sad, things from the Psukim and Yermia, and other things, that's not necessarily the same for a novel. A novel should perhaps learn nothing. Dum, Shimoni was, which is a collection of uh, Talmudic, Talmudic, and Midrashic statements. We find the following, and you can see that's up here on the board. Hey, Anig Dum, Michlal shu Avo lo tase Mikan shu tzarch now that Chazal is not learning like the way Rashi and our text in the Gemara and Ma'id Kodun. that Chazal is learning that "Hey, anek dome, meaning don't do anoka. In other words, don't you? It's not the way the way Rashi learns he anek your avelus is encapsulated by dome. Your Avelus is encapsulated and is contained in the idea of not engaging with others in the important interactions of human interest and teaching Torah and discussing Torah. But you look in the the Medrash, the Chazal, that was the source of the Yalkut Shemone, it's very different. That looks at the complete Pasuk as... Not it's all. Yecheskel is a complete unicorn. Hey on dome, you will not do anaka. Oh, from here you see that a regular Ovel does. A regular avil should allow himself the the tzavacha, the the the, the 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 cry, the plaintive cry of pain. An avil should have that. How do I know? Because Yecheskel didn't do it. That means we should do it. Part of being an Ovel is, is, is moaning in pain, is, is, is allowing yourself to lose the inhibition of that cry and don't worry about the way it looks. I read it again to you. That an Ovel really does need to to be a proper Ovel. But Yecheskel didn't do it. That's what, that's what that, that's what you should be doing. According to that Chazal, we don't have a source for not learning Torah or not being she, not being I would also tell you that despite what we saw in Rashi, in the Gemara, Rashi, whether it is Rashi or not, I have my doubts. But the, the parish that is known as Rashi on uh, in Tanakh says something different as well. He says hei anek. So, not from the word anaka, which as you saw from the yalkut means savacha, but hey anek is connected to the word his makmek. means to to melt away, to to sort of like become less and less, to lose your your whole sense of 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 strength as a human being and allow yourself to just be crushed. That's what heanaik means. And what does dome mean? Dome is not saying don't learn Torah, meaning you're going to take your shrinking Bishtika. Dome. Again, it doesn't, right? Which is not really like our Gemara. Now, Rashi, of course, is just taking the word and giving you, an in- and he gives you a French uh, term for it. Um, he quotes the other, for the rest of the Pusik, he quotes what our Gemara says, that an, an Ovel is Osir and tevilin, um and has to do Atifas at Harosh. But not on that first part of the pasuk. Like, Oneg Dom, Ak seems to realize that Chazal are of, are of two minds here, and he mentions that on one hand, we have the Alchichmoni version, which he also says you can see that from Targum Yonasa. The Dom means f- there should be a mem from the the primal cry, you should desist. You're not going to be like another awful who does cry out. And here he quotes Targum Yonason. And I looked this up in the Oroch to see this word, Idnak. Idnak is heionik. And Idnak shasok. But he says, and then he quotes Ubediver Razal, that's the yalkut that we saw mikanshe mitzafchen ama however there's another part of kazal the gemar moikaton that learns from the word dome sha'avul oser bsheva shalom obedivrei torah ki wohmer be'ilah shnayim tasem minigavil av bechard varamlo which is like the Gemara might come. So it's really, there's really, again, two opinions in Chazal. One opinion in Chazal is, as we said, that Yecheskel was a complete non-Ovel. And part of being an Ovel is to be Tsoveach. The other way is that in two Aspen, the Gemara, not the Brisa, the second approach why is this so important? It's not about the simcha of, of learning Torah. There's something here about being bedom. What is that? So I have to tell you the abarbanel, or as my son would say, a brabanel, um, has a number of questions in this whole parak. One of the questions he has is uh, why does God? kill this man's wife to make this point and he the the, the question is better than the answer <laughs> um he his answer is that that this was a magefa and in the magefa unfortunately innocents always suffer um but then the abarbanel has a very fascinating pseudo halachic philosophic explanation of of the ideas of a say slave bidvarim ha it's worthwhile to understand these things lama usra sam chazal bahav why bahatam bo itsli shahatora elohis nos na lokol mea dvarim huko god gave everything a measure and a limit The same way we are not supposed to mourn in an extreme way. The The Gemara says that if you seem to be overwrought more than the average person, we say you're not crying over that person. You're, in a way, pushing for another person to die. Almes acher the Gemara says. The Gemara says if a person cannot get over his grief, he brings more grief upon himself, which the Barbanel says shows an imbalance. Death is part of life. And if a person can't marshal the energies to be able to stride through life, Despite the knowledge and the experience of that death has touched him, then he is in a way careening for more tragedy but in the same way a person can't just be so stoic that he doesn't that he that he shields himself from all pain he can't just say well all right people die that's it You have to realize that whether you like it or not, these relatives helped shape you. And in many ways, they share commonalities with you. They are part of the structure of your life. They're your bones and flesh. And that's why Chazal came up, based on the psukim about Yaakov's death and how his sons dealt with him, seven days of avelus. Why seven days? The bar says. Seven days is a symbol to seventy years, which we which is an average lifespan, and therefore, you it's it's supposed to be in miniature, a whole life. And you should eulogize, you should cry, you should feel the pain that they're not here. Why? Because this God and the rabbis understand this is what God wants. This is your psychological oasis to recognize mortality. And we know that this is a very delicate thing. And we know that. We constantly put death out of our minds in order to go on. So therefore, we are forced to stay at home. We don't want you to leave your house because leaving your house will automatically take you to your office, automatically take you to your normal place of work. And you're going to forget. That's why the Ovel stays at home and doesn't put on... Shoes that are modes of transport in the street. The sandal is the way to get from your house through the glass and sand and muck to your office. No, you're not wearing shoes. If you could wear your shoe, you'd say, I'm going. No, 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 you're not. daigoso Barova dibur. <inaudible> Here comes our point. We don't want you talking. Talking, even if it's about what you've been through, is a way to unburden yourself. Because the more you talk, the less you're going to process in a way. So therefore, originally, they wore the type of cowl Went all the way down over their lips. So it was like, I can't hear you. Are you mumbling? I can't hear you. People are coming in to visit you and to, to sit with you and and and, and you and, and you're wearing this thing over your head because it's stopping you from talking. The barbinell gives us, I believe, an idea of why you can't be shoel bisholam. When I'm show I'm I'm getting out of myself. And for this week, I have to be totally absorbed with my loss. And learning Torah, speaking in Torah, frees me, elevates me. No, <laughs> I can't talk. That's the reason why we don't want you going as normal to the butcher and getting the meat and the baker to get the bread. No. People are going to feed you this first meal. This way you're staying at home. You're not going out. So, according to Barbonell, the idea of heyanak dome is speech. And if this is true, not only does it mean sheyel shalom azaser, but even what happens in the Beis Ovel, in other words, the type of talk, it has to be really a very funereal type of mood. It isn't, it isn't just, well, I didn't speak in Torah. I'm, I'm not even sure if, you know, I guess you can go over the, which is what most of do, is the last weeks, the last days, But what's also is the human connection to another person through speech, which, even if it's technically about your situation, weakens the intensity of what the feeling that should be happening. Dome. Hey, onake? Dome. 5 Feivel Cohen suggests that afterwards it's a little bit different. During the after the shiva, when we speak to the mace, Ravidi Bar who says, "Well, you know, he's not bishalom." It's sort of like Loe glarosh. It's similar to when you're in a cemetery and you take your tzitzis out. Now, of course, uh, there you are, in a way, making fun, so to speak, of someone who's departed, who you feel somehow senses what's going on. Here, we have a person who is very much connected to death. And by you asking him how he's doing, in a way, you are flaunting your situation we know that most people use questions to set themselves up for where they are and even the question itself has a mocking aspect to it revival says perhaps when edibar avin tells us you know that person's not bishovim it's an aspect of loy We need to realize that for a year, this is damaged merchandise. And that even talking about this is going to be painful. Something they don't have. Similar to speaking to someone who's going through infertility and then talking to them about the issues you're having with your children at school. The person can't have children. So, you know, you're, you're, you play handball with this guy and, you know, they're going on various pregnancy experiments to be able, various tests, discovering various options. And here you are with your friend and you're telling them about Problems your kids are having at school with a certain teacher, or your kid doesn't want to talk to you. That's legeroche. Even though you're telling them your problems, when a person is helpless, then even discussing the, the in the safer leket yosher, which is a student of the trumas hadeshen, he says that. He quotes a uh, a alphas. The rift does not exist. It, it, research has shown that this alphas is really a um, was a tosfos that was studied in the period after the burning of the Talmud. Um, they there was a renaissance of rift study among the french and german jews the talmud itself was banned but the Rif, although it had elements of a, a con- it was a condensed version of the talmud it was it, they were able to save that so there arose for uh, for a, a half century or more a body of scholarship around the Rif. These tosvesen, some of them we have the manuscripts for and have been printed, and some others we haven't. But on Mo'it Kotan, there were these tosvesen that were known as the tosvesen uh, alphas. It was it was the Balai adding, like, natural to what was in the alphas. And it said there that you, for sure, if you can't be shoel bisholom an avel, for sure you can't give an avel presence. Why? Because Sheila like, Now that does not sound like the way Raphiva Cohen explains it. That sounds like this Balatosis understood the idea of why we can't ask the oval how he's doing or Bishol Bisholum is because we're making him happy. It's sort of the opposite. The Ovil is aser b'simcha. He's not supposed to go to. He's not supposed to go to weddings. There's no greater simcha than being inquired about about a to z. What's going on with you? That ultra friendship of everything's okay, and let me hear what's happening, and I'm here to. To respond, so it's really like a lifneiver. We we can't allow the avil to have that simcha. It isn't an iser on you. To to being mean. But it's rather it's like you just took out a bunch of music, and danced around with him. You you were misameachim where he's aser for that year. There's a simcha in and being inquired about there's a simcha in in the quiet way a person has of checking in and hearing and being told kind things and being asked about all the different children and the job and what's going on there's a simcha that the uh, that, which is it's 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 it's, it's very strange because normally you'd say well that's what you're supposed to do isn't that the mitzvah to do chesed? and yet Obviously, you can send him money because that's not a gift. A gift is like, I got you what you were asking for. I know you wanted that 1955 Willie Mays card. Here it is. I found it. That sort of simcha, not just the simcha of the ownership, but the simcha of the connection to that other person, That's somehow... According to the Tosvos, the way he understands it, that's that's this idea of not being shoyal The Ran quoting the Gemara Chafalef, says that an It's our sins. Of this generation, this 15th century generation, we sin in this matter. (laughs) For some reason, the Ron is saying, I'm looking around and I see people engaging the oval and talking to him. And he says, This is this is one of the sins of our generation. What you see is this was something that was hard to be able to. To fulfill. And the Ritva, I think, similarly mentions that people have not been Nizar in this. Uh, the, the Ramah writes in Shim and in Dark and similarly in, in Shulchan Aruch that it could be the reason why people are making because they we don't know what Sheila Sholem is anymore. We believe, hey, how's it going? How are you? That's not Shaila Sholem. Sheila Sholem is, is, is a lot more in-depth. And that's the way the Ramo says why we've started to be makel in this. Because our greetings are quite perfunctory. And I think a casual look around everybody listening, I think will we'll, we'll, we'll prove a lot of what the Ramo was saying. Much of our, when we come into work, and we see someone, even if we're aware of what's happening with them, we part of our eyes are on our watch. Okay, I'll give a couple of minutes here. Let me remember here. Okay, that's good. Okay. We don't want to have the big sit down. It's not the true Sheila Sholem the Ramo says. Even though the Ron says that, you know, this is Hashem Shabi Machapir, may, maybe what Chazal are talking about. Is true engagement, involvement, a big, long sit-down walk taking you through the depths of the person? But just, hey, how's it going? Okay, oh, your kids come in? Okay, it's great. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. Where are you going to be for Pesach? Okay, okay. That's not necessarily Sheila Sholem. And clearly not just, hello, good morning, how are you? Sheh Sholem, the Ramah posits might be something a lot deeper, a lot more um, inclusive. And all of that. I think all of this, I think, should 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 give us pause about how crucial our interrelationships are. Should be a uh should as we say, we shouldn't all these things should only be um um theoretical, not MAMISA, but we should learn from that to the 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 great uh, masters of psychology and understanding Kazal were and always better our, our relationships with each other and and, and and recognize when to give people their space Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode